Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to the NHL Strategy Show, the stochastic NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by BetMGM, where we have a great promo to give to you a little bit later. I'm your host, Josh Harris. Joining me as always on this lovely Saturday morning, some Cliffy. How we doing? Doing good, man. Uh, pretty cold outside, um, considering it's the middle of November, but uh, that's how it goes. At least we're not in Buffalo. I got to commend you, man. Um, at the start of the season, you were saying uh, how often you would probably screw up the stochastic uh, name with the old Osmo name. I don't think you've done it yet. I did it on uh, Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> on Thursday. Okay, okay. Maybe I, I missed that, or maybe I just, you know, forget all the shows. No, not off the hop. Not off the hop. They're to blend together. But uh, you've been doing a pretty good job with that. I don't think uh, that should go under the radar. So uh, good on you for uh, keeping on top of that. Well, if, well, if you if you see our screen, right, there's that big stochastic thing in yellow. So I'll stare right at it. I'm like, stochastic, stochastic. <laughs> but, yeah. Nothing a little caffeine can't fix in the morning for you. Uh, this could be a wild ride, but you know who I'm annoyed at. It's the NHL schedulers. We had one game last night. Today there's 15 games, 13 on the main slate. It's just like what, for the- one game and it was at 10 o'clock Eastern. Yeah. Like I did. I barely made it to puck drop and, and like three minutes into the game, I was snoring. I mean, I didn't watch three seconds of that. I went to an early show last night and then I watched, uh, I watched three hours of pro wrestling <laughs> and then I went to bed probably like 1230. I just, I didn't watch, I didn't watch a second of that game. I, I, I promised myself I would try to limit um, how often I have to watch the Vancouver Canucks until 2 a.m. Cause I'm in, I'm in the Atlantic time zone, which is even further East and Eastern. So those games sometimes finish at like two, two thirty a.m. Uh, depending on when they start. And I don't want to watch the Vancouver Canucks until the middle of the night anymore. Uh, so Showdown slate, absolutely not. Yeah, no, absolutely not. The one good thing is, I, I know, Doc Besser, power play goal, first of the season. Maybe that starts him on the right track. We can get some good lines for the Canucks. Anyway, yeah, we're not here to talk about the Canucks. Uh, we have a 13-game slate tonight. And before we get into that, make sure you like and subscribe. I'm sure all 30 of you who are here at this early Morning or already liked and subscribed, but if you're not, hit that notification button so you can get alerts when our shows go live. As always, all of our shows are available on the podcast uh, form of your choice, whether that's iTunes. I don't even know. 
because I do the shows and I don't really listen to podcasts. But if you have your favorite streaming service, get it on the podcast while you're driving home from work. Listen to my big head talk. Listen to Cliffy give some good analysis and he will win some money. But yeah, 13 game slate. Got another decision to make with Boston. They're arguably in a better spot than they were the other night. A couple really big totals on this slate. Let's get into it, shall we? First game of the night, we have the Chicago Blackhawks with a 2.1 total heading into Boston. The Bruins have doubled their total up to 4.2 there. Here's the thing. Jake just ran projections. I just have to double check that on DraftKings. There we go. I was a little bit scared there when I saw the projection. Massive projection for Boston one here tonight. Now, they're the same price they were the other night. The difference being they're not facing Carter Hart. They're arguably in a better power play spot. I had concerns about their minutes last game. They played 19 each. What are you doing? Like, here's here's the problem that I have. Here's like I want to get your thoughts too, but here's the problem that I have. McDavid's on this slate. McKinnon's on the slate. Matthews is on this slate. Crosby's on this slate. What are you doing with Boston? What? Yeah, that's a pretty good question. Um, the power play spot is um, the improvement of the power play spot is probably uh, the most salient point here. Uh, Philly's PK, not really terrible this year. Um, They played Philly in their last game, not really terrible. Um, Don't take a ton of penalties. Chicago's a little bit different. Chicago's at 3.8 times shorthanded per game. I think that's like eighth most in the NHL or something like that. Uh, Boston does draw a fair amount of power plays. So, you know, this top power play unit uh, for the Bruins with Marshan Bergeron, Pasternak. Uh, And Jake DeBrusque was there last game. It was David Krejci the game before. It seems like um, they're kind of flipping that fourth uh, forward, but all that's important here is, is that entire top line um, on the power play. Uh, Chicago's penalty kill, like not awful, but definitely not good um, by any stretch. So I do, I mean, I do have interest in Boston one. Like there are, they are the highest projected line on the slate by our projections, our early projections here um, at 9 a.m. Eastern. Um about four DK points more than the next closest line, which I think was is Colorado one, and we'll get to them in a second. Um, it, it's another one of those situations where they're going to come in lower owned than their top two stack because they're so expensive. It's such a big slate, and there are so many top options like you talked about. Like, honestly, I, I think I, – I know we say we, you, you want to bring all the guys along for the top line, but I honestly think it's fine to just one-off some guys here. Like, I think it's fine to one-off Bergeron because he is uh, doing some work on the power play so far this year. I think it's fine to one-off David Pasternak uh, given his shot volume uh, and given his role on this team. Um, I think those are perfectly fine. They're going into that Chicago top line too, which is just – a very bad defensive line, but they're getting pretty good goaltending. I think that's the one surprising thing about the Blackhawks this year is their goaltenders have held up pretty well for most of the season. So again, I, Boston one's in a, a great spot. They're going to project extremely well. They're just extremely expensive. And it's whether you want to pay up uh, for all those guys and, and look for a dumpster dive uh, stack elsewhere, whether you just want to slam in a bunch of low priced one-offs with them or something like that. Those are all options. 
uh, here on this slate. I think the way I'd approach Boston one here is just taking some one-offs, like I said. And I think David Pasternak uh, probably at the top of that list. Yeah, I'm pretty much out on Boston – or not Boston, excuse me. That would be a scene. On Chicago here tonight, I just yeah. – you know, tiny total 13-game slate on the road in Boston. That is, that's like literally the worst thing possible. So it, all, all, yeah, those, all, those, all those boxes are being checked, yeah. Yeah, so of course Andres Anthonisio is going to be in the winning lineup tonight. But, yeah, again, Boston won 24-7 on DraftKings, it's a choice. Like, I think Cliffy makes a good point there. I think, you know, if you have the salary, one-offing David Pasternak is a very good play. If not, I think you need to full stop. Like, like either one-off, like two Manning hurts because, like, you have to leave one of them off. You either one-off or you full stack, I think. I don't know. But that's a question you're going to have to answer when you start building lineups, how you can see what fits with what and this and that. So. In a vacuum, I love Boston one tonight. The price is just insane. Before we get to the blue line, we have a super chat, $10 super shot from Clayton, a true Discord legend, by the way. He says, thanks for early runs in the show. Let's go. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for always being in Discord. You uh, have had some great success early this season. Hope it continues, and thanks for the super chat. Let's move the blue line. Charlie McAvoy, only up to fifty three hundred now. He went up. A, he went up one hundred. I think he's still fine. Um, other than that, like, like Connor Clifton, I guess is fine. He's kind of priced in no man's land. Thirty seven hundred on DraftKings. Brandon Carlo, twenty seven hundred. I guess is an okay punt. I wish he saw a little bit more ice time on the Blackhawks side. Philip Ruse is running the top power play. I don't think that truly matters here tonight. He is 3K and he has been shooting a bit. I guess he's fine. I, I just I don't think I would get anywhere other than Connor Murphy for shot blocks tonight. Or yeah, Jake Murphy. Yeah, Murphy was was one guy that that had crossed my mind uh, specifically for shot blocks, um, he, and he is leading Chicago uh, defenseman in ice time over the last handful of games. So um, yeah, I think Murphy's fine on DK. I, the only guy um, I'll mention is Ian Mitchell. He got recalled from from uh, the AHL team. He has he's min price. I don't know how much he's going to play. This is definitely not a great spot, but he's twenty five hundred. So if you need like a twenty five hundred guy, he has forty points in his last sixty AHL games as a defenseman. Um, he's only twenty three years old. It's a pretty bad team, but uh, again, if if you're if you're in need of a you know stone min price defenseman, I think he's one of the options. Yeah, even bad teams players put up points occasionally. So yeah, I don't mind that call at all. So let's move on to the next game. Buffalo Sabres with a 2.6 total heading into Toronto. The Maple Leafs have a 3.9. Uh, Matt Murray is already confirmed. It's nice getting some uh, goalie confirms because you get some goalie confirms when there's one game on the schedule yesterday. So everyone practices and sometimes they confirm goalies. That's the only good thing. Craig Anderson, probable for the Sabres. I mean, I say that, but we have to see morning skate. I it could mean, be with a in. Yeah, with Conry Hurd, I gotta imagine yeah. he's gonna play. They're not gonna throw an AHL goalie at Toronto. I mean, maybe they will, but I doubt it. I mean, is Craig Anderson an NHL goalie at this point? That's a discussion. But anyway, 
Matthews, Nylander, Bunting. Here we are with, with Toronto again. Like, this is just a very, very good spot. I, I Like, honestly, like, I want to see ownership. I, I have a sneaky suspicion that Boston won't get too much ownership here. And Toronto will. I wish it was the other way around because I think this is a very good Toronto spot. Yeah, I agree. This is a, a very good Toronto spot. Um, here's my issue with Toronto is it's it's something that we talked about on the last show. It's just the way that they've uh, put their lines together. Um, going back quite a while, Austin Matthews and William Nylander have played fairly well together. Um, 250 minutes over the last couple seasons. Um with Matthews and Nylander on the ice without Tavares or Marner. So just those two plus a third wheel winger, uh, three and a half expected goals for 2.4 expected goals against pretty good numbers, only average defensively by their expected goals against numbers. So not really a brutal matchup, at least it, you know, by the numbers over the last few seasons, um, but they're not scoring. Um, that's been a constant issue with Nylander playing uh, with Austin Matthews, one and a half goals for in 250 minutes together. One That's and a half. Goals it's like they it started before the season that when those two were together, they had trouble scoring, whether it's the types of passes that they make, uh, where they end up in the offensive zone, who knows? Um, but Marner just helps Matthew score more. I mean, it didn't help a lot in the first three weeks of the season or whatever, but historically speaking. So going into that Buffalo top line, um, obviously with with Alex Tuck there, like. Like, I don't think I would go to Buffalo one, but like Matt Murray's only had one good game returning. Um, everybody thought he was one of the worst girl goalies on the planet uh, up until he got injured. I don't know if I would full stack Buffalo one, but I do think, you know, even going back to he's expensive, but a one-off Tage Thompson at 7,900 is definitely something you can do. That guy's just firing the puck. I think it's 25 shot attempts per 60 minutes that he's putting up, which is just an absolutely ridiculous number. Like that's, if you work out the shots per 60, that works out, to, you know, over four shots uh, per game for him of late. So I think Tage Thompson's perfectly fine as a one-off. That's probably about it from the Sabres. I don't think I would I would dip too, or too much further down into the lineup. Um, you know, Jack Quinn's supposed to be back in the lineup. Uh, with He's going to skate with Dylan Cousins, J.J. Paterka. They're going to go up against Toronto, too. Um, I don't think that's going to be a very good defensive Buffalo line. So I think Buffalo two or Toronto two is definitely in play here, uh, especially where Tavares and Marner are still priced in the low sixes on DraftKings. Um, again, I, I don't think they're necessarily a great duo, um, but it is a decent power play spot here. The Buffalo penalty kill is not very good. Um, and Toronto's power play is still elite. You have Tavares and Marner on the top power play unit. So if I'm, if I'm two-man stacking here in this game, it's probably Tavares and Marner. Uh, I don't mind Tage Thompson as a one-off guy here. Yeah. Uh, on the Buffalo side, I really wanted to get behind Buffalo one here. It's just they're too expensive. But I think one-off, like you said, Tage Thompson, he's just just firing. the Like, he's playing hot potato with the puck. It's going on that. And, like, I like Matt Murray. Should he be the Leafs starter to lead them to f- first-round exit glory? I don't. I don't think so. But, like, he's there. Like, yeah, Tage Thompson would be the one-off guy for me. I think. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? 
you can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. This is a decent spot to power play stack the Leafs. It's just like, as much as I rag on Mitchell Marner, I it, he's just much better with Matthews. It's, it just is. So like, yeah, you can go Tavares and Marner. You can go Matthews and Nylander. I think I want, you know, some power play exposure in this game. Interesting. I, I'm interested in ownership because I think they're going to be fairly chalky. And if they come in pretty heavily owned, I'm probably going to look elsewhere. But in a nutshell, this is an excellent matchup. On the blue line here, Rasmus Dahlin, 8,200. Like, I, I think this is a pretty good spot for him, though, honestly. Like, a two-man of Tage Thompson, Rasmus Dahlin is super expensive. It's over 16,000. But, like, if you can find a mid-range line that you like, I think they'll take you on a very unique build. And this it's not like the Leafs are just elite defensively. They're far from it. I think this is a pretty good spot for them as well. On the Leafs' side, I'll also own Powers just playing massive minutes. He's up to 4K, but I think it's still fine. Morgan Riley, I guess you can include in power play sp- stacks. It's kind of like the Latang situation. He needs to start shooting more. He just hasn't been doing too much, I think. Mark Giordano, I know he let a lot of people down the other night, but I still think he's fine. Yeah, I mean, Riley did have four shots in his last game, but he also played nearly 27 minutes. And um, I got to think if they play 27 minutes here, maybe Tage Thompson could have a decent night. So, um, yeah, Buffalo's really only playing two defensemen. It's Dolan and Power getting a ton of ice time. Everybody else is like 18 minutes or less. Um, Makes it tough to kind of rely on any single um, Buffalo defenseman. Yeah, I think going back to Giordano's fine haul, uh, maybe if you need, he can possibly get the shot block bonus, but that's about it. Concur. So let's move on to the next one. Philadelphia Flyers, 2.8 total. Heading into Montreal, the Canadiens have a 3.2 total. Carter Hart, Jake Allen, unconfirmed, but would, wouldn't would be shocked to see both of them in net here. Don't have ownership yet. I doubt Montreal one's going to get much ownership here. I just don't know if this is the spot. Like, they're getting expensive. And there is just a lot of horsepower on this slate. If they were cheaper, they'd probably play. I think, like, one-offing Mike Hoffman or, you know, pairing him with Gallagher. I think, you know, going to bits of Montreal two for me is where I'd be looking if I'm looking to get in expensive stacks like Boston one, et cetera, et cetera. Also, it's the Carter Hart problem. Like, the Flyers are a bad team, but Carter Hart has been amazing this season. I don't know if I really want to be stacking Montreal on a 13-game slate going into Carter Hart, which is crazy to say for a torts-run team, but here we are. So I think, for me, I'm on the I'm more on the Flyer side, but again, like, this game just screams MME to me. I mean, I, 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 would, I wouldn't mind the Flyers' top line here, but as we sit here at... It's 10:20 for me, 9:20 Eastern. Um, we ha- we need an update on Travis Konechny. He was injured in their last game and left. Um, if he's not in the lineup, it's like who's going to score for the Flyers? I was looking. 
Travis Konechny is the only guy on that team with more than four goals. <laughs> and we're 17 games into the season. Like, he is the only guy they have on that team um, that is pacing for a 20-goal season. Like, uh, I don't know how much they can score even against – and, like, Montreal hasn't been awful defensively. Like, since they moved Kirby Dock up, since they put Hoffman with Dvorak and Gallagher, like, the lines have been kind of stable defensively. So, I mean, if, if Travis Konechny's in, that makes it a, a, a better question for me. If he's out, I'm not, there's just nothing on the Flyers that I, I really want to attack. Um, so I would probably be off the Flyers. You know, if you want to one-off an Owen Tippett or something like that, maybe get some top power play exposure, I think that's fine. But for me, I I, I know Montreal's top line is going to see a, a big shooting percentage decline in coming. We've talked about that on the last couple of shows. It, it, it just is a pretty good matchup for them um, with the Flyers in town. Um, I agree with you. I'd probably dip down to the second line and do like a two-man of like Hoffman and Dvorak, Dvorak and Gallagher, um, something like that. Um, they might be fairly highly owned in this game because it is a pretty good home spot for them. So just watch out for ownership. Um, I, I do like Montreal one in this matchup. I just worry about the regression that they're going to have to hit. So for me, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Um, Montreal too, like they're generating 2.8 expected goals for only two and a half against in their minutes together so far this season, not heavy minutes. Like we're talking about 50 so far, but um, still playing reasonably well. And they played, uh, they had good offensive numbers um, last year after Martin St. Louis was hard. So I agree with you. Uh, we'll see what ownership looks like, but for now it's Montreal too for me. The one thing I will say about the Flyers, if Konechny's out and Joel Farabee moves up to the top line, top power play, I think a one-off Farabee at 3,700 could be interesting to me. But again, that's just conjecture. We'll have to wait and see. So let's move to the blue lines here. I think Tony D's in a pretty good spot here tonight. Uh, 6K is pretty reasonable. Travis Sanheim under 3K I think is a nice little punt. On the Montreal side, I'm not really sure here. Uh, Montreal's still going with that five forward power play, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Like Arbor Jacki at 3K, not too bad. David Savard, like 4,500 for Savard seems expensive, but compared to what he's been at times this season, 4,500 is a decent price. Caden Goulet, 3,800, decent as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't mind Tony D'Angelo here because it feels like, like if they're going to get. Uh, a win here, they're probably going to have to put up some goals on the power play. Um, and that would definitely come from D'Angelo. So I don't mind him at 6K here today. The other guy I'll mention is Mike Matheson. Um, he's been skating the last few days for Montreal, and they're saying that there's a chance he could come back here tonight. Now he's like 4,200 on DK. He's not coming in uh, with the injury discount, but I think he's only 4,000 over on FanDuel. So if Mike Matheson is back tonight for Montreal, um, I don't mind him on FanDuel. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting that Mike Matheson's on the on the Habs. I'm a big Mike Matheson guy, so we'll, we'll have to see. I hope he goes to the top power play when he comes back. But anyway, let's move on to the next one. Colorado Avalanche, 3.2 total, heading into Washington. The Capitals have a 2.8. Again, this is another game where I want to see ownership because Colorado won, very good power play spot here. Darcy Kemper, narrative street here. Um 3.2, again, like fairly low road total for the Avs. I guess it's because their depth is absolutely just a mess. But this is a very good power play spot for the Avs. On the capital side, they keep messing around with their lines. 
have to wait and see. Like, I don't mind. Like, I guess like I, I just don't know. Like, I, I want to get some exposure to the the Capitals lines not going against McKinnon, but like that would be like Kuznetsov, Milano, Protoss, and that's just like, do I really want to be stacking those guys on a thirteen game slate? I don't think so. Yeah, I, it's funny that you mentioned the low Colorado low ish total, like. Their top line has the same projection as their next, their other nine forwards combined. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's kind of the way it's it's working out for them because they're playing so many minutes and responsible for so many goals. Um, yeah, I, I I mean I think this is a good spot for that Colorado top line. Like you know they will play a ton of minutes. Um, they are perfectly correlated. Um, playing reasonably well offensively, three point two expected goals for, but only two point two actual goals. Uh, in their sample this year, um, Nathan McKinnon has been struggling a little bit to score. He's had some shooting percentage issues. Uh, once that turns around, um, things will improve considerably. And yes, it is a good power play spot um, for Colorado. Um, Washington um, doesn't take a ton of penalties, but really struggles to kill off uh, the ones that they do take. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Colorado one makes a lot of sense. They're a little bit cheaper. Um then Boston, I think like a thousand dollars cheaper, just doing a little bit of mental math in my head. So, I mean, you get some savings there. Um, you can take off. I mean, I don't think you really necessarily should, but you can take off um, like Miko Ranton and put on Evan Rodriguez or something for additional power play uh, exposure with at a lower price. So um, I think that's the way that I would go. Like I wouldn't stack that Colorado second line, like new hook Rodriguez count, like Rodriguez and count have been shooting a little bit. They've also been playing fewer minutes like they're they've almost been getting like the third line minutes basically over the last few games where Cogliano Comfer and Logan O'Connor have been getting uh, more ice time. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty good spot for Colorado one. I would probably uh, we'll see what ownership looks like uh, in lower than Boston. Like I would probably play them over Boston just because, you know, they're gonna probably, they might play 23 or 24 minutes here. 24. I do like Colorado one a fair bit. Uh, on the Washington side, like we're assuming that Ovechkin strong theory is going to be aligned because that's how they finished in the last game. But it was only like five or six shifts. You ne- like Washington changes their line so much, like it's hard to rely on really any combination. Um, I would have said Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, but even that got broken up last game. So um, this is a this is a good power play spot as well for the Caps. Um, Colorado's been struggling on the penalty goal so far this year um, with all their injuries. Um, you know, John Carlson's been playing. He played like 27 minutes last game or something like that. So uh, I think you're fine with going like Stroman, Ovechkin. Even if they get broken up at five on five, you know they're going to play the power play and, and they're going to be on the ice together. Um, you know, they have been. You know, with Connor Sheary on their wing, they have been generating some pretty good offense so far this year. Um, and they haven't always been going out against other top lines. They do get some second and third line matchups, and that could be pretty good uh, against uh, this Colorado team that just got ran over by Carolina in their last game. Um, like, absolutely. <coughs> uh, Francis that kept them in the game. So I I think more than anything, I like a two-man of Ovechkin and Strom in this one. Yeah. It's rare that I like Ovechkin on a massive slate, but I have to agree with you. Like he's reasonably priced as well. He's shooting the puck more. It's a good power play spot. Dylan Strom's not expensive. Kuznetsov, you know, fifty three hundred is whatever. You know what I mean? Like 
I don't know if you have to dip all the way down to, you know, Marcus Johansson on the fourth line here. I just, for more power play, I think he can go Strom Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, or Strom Ovechkin, Carlson. Let's let's talk about that blue line. John Carlson, 7,100. But he's just been, been playing massive, massive minutes since he has come back from injury. I think 7,100 is fine in this spot. Same can be said for Kale McCarr, 7,900. Those guys just never leave the ice. Uh, other than that, I guess like, Martin Fairvery, 2,800 is a fine punt. Eric Gustafsson, 3,600 has been playing minutes. <laughs> been playing minutes, but like he's more of a power play guy. So I don't know. Fairvery for me. Yeah. I. The only other guy I want to mention is Devin Taves. He has eight shots in six games this month, despite playing 26 minutes a game. I think Colorado's problem, uh, inability to really generate much with the top line off the ice is kind of showing through Taves' inability to really get a lot of shots on it they're just not creating a lot uh, unless he's on the ice with the top line so like i don't even know if i would dip down to taves right now i think it would probably be kale mccarr or, or nothing uh for me on the colorado side yep i agree there as we mentioned off, off the hop we are sponsored by bet mgm and we got a deal for you you can get two free months of stochastic plus platinum and up to a thousand dollar risk-free bet when you sign up make a deposit and make your first paid wager at bet mgm all you got to do is click the link in the description. You got to, you know, have a stochastic account. You can create one. If you don't have one, then you got to create a BetMGM account, which is also very easy. You can get up to a $1,000 risk-free bet, depending on what you what your risk tolerance is. You can do as low as $10 up to 1000 If you lose the bet, you get it back in free bets, and then you get two free months of stochastic plus platinum. What are you waiting for? This is an elite deal. So if you're in a legal state that offers this and you don't have a BetMGM account, yeah, just do it. It's literally free to get two months of Stochastic Plus Platinum. So hop on it. Let's move on to the next one. Detroit Red Wings, 3.4 total. Heading into Columbus, the Blue Jackets have a 3.1 total. The Wings completely destroyed their lines last game after putting up seven goals, which was, I guess it was in-game, but like they still scored seven goals. Kubelik, Larkin, Perron. Bertuzzi, Cop, Raymond. Like, I actually like that top six. Top line fully correlated on the top power play. Second line fully correlated on the second power play. Not sure why they took Bertuzzi off the top power play and put Oscar Sundquist there, but I am not the coach. Ken Johnson up with Johnny Gaudreau and $7,000 Boone Jenner, who's actually been very, very good. Um, I am excited about Ken Johnson on the top line. Unfortunately, I think Columbus is going to come with, with a lot of ownership here. Um, I like, I, I like Detroit side here. So I, I do like Detroit as well. Um, particularly that Larkin Perron duo, um, adding Kubelik if you want, but based Perron's really helped out that top power play. Um, the top power play unit with Larkin and Perron there have been scoring about eight and a half goals per 60, which isn't like super lead or anything. It's good. Um, but it's just way better than they had done like over the last couple seasons. That's where Perron's impact has helped. I'm going to bring back something from a couple years ago, and it's time zone touting. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to first choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. 
Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I wonder about the Detroit Red Wings here tonight. They had a three game road trip in California, played in San Jose on Thursday night, had to and have to fly to Columbus uh, to play here tonight. And it's the last game of the road trip. So. Um, where Detroit's not very good defensively uh, to begin with. I wonder just, you know, kind of how ready they might be for this game. And, you know, Columbus doesn't really take a lot of penalties. Um, one of the lowest uh, time shorthanded uh, in the leagues. And their penalty kill actually hasn't been bad. Um, obviously, that changes with all the defensemen hurt. So I kind of like the Columbus side of this game, which feels oh my, feels so bad to say. But, like, Gojo and Jenner, like we talked about on the last show, pretty good numbers without Patrick Liney there. 2.9 expected goals for uh, 2.8 expected goals against. So, actually, above water on a team this bad is pretty amazing. Three and a half actual goals for Gojo and Jenner both shooting a lot late, lately. Kent Johnson on the top line with them makes them fairly affordable. I hope they don't come in with, like, 14% ownership. We'll see what top stacks say. But, honestly, of everything I like in this game, I got to say it's the Columbus top line. And I hate that. I, I hate that. I said that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not ideal, but I time zone touting is, that is a thing there. It's going to be interesting. I want to see ownership on this game because if there could be ownership on the wings here too, like the ownership, I know how we talk about like ownership isn't tell all be all, but like, if you know Columbus one is like fifteen percent, like on a thirteen game slate, then Howdy Doody probably looking elsewhere. But I want to see what it is on the blue lines here. Maurice Cedar fifty two hundred is fine. For Phil Pronick thirty eight hundred. Marcus Bjork up to forty one hundred running the top power play. Like I, I just don't know if I want to pay forty one hundred for Marcus Bjork. I think um, you know guys like Gavrikov or Peak or. Uh, Gavin Bayreuther are where I'd be looking. I mean, Eric Goodbranson played like 24 or 25 minutes in their last game. Like, I know he's bad, but can he get hit by three pucks and give us the block bonus on DK? Like, I think that's definitely possible. Also mentioned Jake Wallman. Mentioned him uh, his first game out, still only getting like 13 or 14 minutes. But, man, he scored. <laughs> he scored in their last game against San Jose. Uh, he's another one of those $2,500 guys that I don't mind uh, in a pretty big total game. Is, is Jake here? Because Jake Wallman's kind of, he kind of fits the Matt Irwin role. He does. Yeah. Uh, except I think Wallman's better. We'll see. I agree. We'll see. Yeah. So let's move on to the next one. Pittsburgh Penguins with a 3.3 total heading into Winnipeg. The flowchart boys have a 3.1 total. The flowchart kind of got messed up uh, the other night because it was a good spot and the flowchart says fade. But with Sam Gagne up there, we got so many errors, we couldn't figure it out. And they, you know, Kyle Connor ended up with a hat trick at like 69% on a massive slate. So close the laptop there. Uh, for some reason, Crosby, 6,700 tonight. He is the 12th most expensive center. Uh, 
I kind of like the Pittsburgh side here. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that what's going on with Crosby is, you know, I, had, I I'm pretty sure he had a couple goals in his last game, but he's really not been shooting a ton. Eight games in November, only 15 shots on goal despite 20 minutes a game. Like a lot of like, numbers, though. He's getting a lot of shots blocked. Yeah, that's true too, or missing a lot. Um, yeah. He's doing that. Uh, it's always tough going into Winnipeg. We talk we talk about it a lot because you're facing Connor Hellebuck and Hellebuck. Um, he's flat out look like uh, arguably the best goalie in the league so far this season. Um, I think you got to put him up there with, um, you know, Shesterkin and Sorokin and those guys, even though, you know, maybe Shesterkin hasn't had the best start. Um, they did, you know, Pittsburgh did rearrange their lines, obviously putting Raquel back with Crosby and Gensel. I don't know why they messed them up in the first place because, Malkin, Rust, and Zucker was off to such a good start this year. 4.7 expected goals for per 60 minutes. Um, four and a half actual goals for. The problem is, is Rust hasn't been shooting a ton lately. Uh, maybe that changes now that he's back uh, down to the second line. Um, I do kind of like that Pittsburgh 2 uh, matchup here uh, in this game uh, going into uh, Winnipeg. It's like not really a, a, a terrible matchup for them. Um, it's like I, the Winnipeg penalty kills not really been great. Um, that's kind of an issue, uh, for the, has been an issue for the jets at times. Um, so I, like, I don't think you have to, um, you know, full stack them. I think you can lay, leave Jason Zucker off, but Jason Zucker has been shooting a lot and, um, he's only 4,100. And that second line, it's not projecting that far behind the top line for us. Only three fewer DK points uh, in their projection. And they're like three or $4,000 cheaper, just trying to run the numbers pretty quickly in my head. So um, I kind of like that Pittsburgh second line in this matchup. Get, go with the cheaper guys. Crosby's priced down, yes, but it's also because he's not shooting. Um, Malkin, Rust, and Zucker have been great this year. They'll probably see that Perfidi. Uh, Dubois Wheeler line, which has been better lately, but still trading a lot of chances back and forth. So uh, Pittsburgh two for me here. Yeah, the one thing I will say, if you are into the Jets here, I, I have no faith in the Penguins penalty kill or goalies. So I think Winnipeg is fine. I think they're just going to get a fair bit of ownership tonight. On the blue line, we have my two least favorite power play quarterbacks, Crystal Tank and Josh Morrissey. You can add them in if you want. I wouldn't one off either one of them. Uh, Nate Schmidt, Brennan Dillon, I think are fine. Jeff Petrie, 4,200, I think is kind of like the Jake Muzzin no man land of a few years ago, but I think he's fine at 4,200. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Petrie just because his price is down. Like he had been close to the mid fives at times on DraftKings this year. So I think 4,200 is a lot more reasonable. I will say Chris Letang is shooting more lately. Um, he did have that one big six shot game, but if you take that out, he's still at like two shots per game before that, which isn't a lot, but it's a lot better than what he was doing earlier this season. Um, yeah, just not a lot for me that I, I absolutely love, uh, in this game. I think Josh Morris, he might actually make the best play considering he's getting, at least he's getting 25 minutes in that Pittsburgh penalty kill has been pretty shaky, uh, this season. For sure. Let's get on. Let's move on to the people's main event. Anaheim Ducks with a 2.7 total heading into St. Louis. The Blues have a 3.7 total. I like both top lines in this game. Um, Ducks penalty kill. Ducks defensively haven't been great. 
St. Louis top line, Bucinevich, Thomas Tarasenko, fully correlated on the power play now. They're very cheap for them. They started converting their scoring chances a little bit the last game. Also, like Jordan Cairo is a one-off. Again, I like going back to Henrik Zegers, Terry. They seem like they're the only Ducks line that consistently creates offense. I don't have much faith in the Blues blue line or Bennington, so I like both sides of this game. Yeah, that Anaheim top line is only 16,100, and their projection is coming in within a DK point, one DK point um, of that Pittsburgh top line that we just talked about. Um, That kind of speaks to the offense that they have been generating um, as a line. 2.9 expected goals for 4.6 actual goals, skating 19 to 20 minutes a game, all on the power play together. Uh, even Trevor Zegers has started to shoot more of late, so you're not, you know, just necessarily relying on a bunch of assists from him. Um, Buyer DK projections, all three guys are projecting for over 10 DK points. And St. Louis has been a little bit better lately, but neither of their lines have really been great defensively. Like, even the Brandon Saad, Ryan O'Reilly line has been, like, a roughly league average by expected goals against, maybe a little bit worse. Um the Thomas Tarasenko Buchnevich line is another one of those lines that is like the Winnipeg second line we just talked about that is really just trading chances back and forth. Like, obviously, I like that Buchnevich Thomas Tarasenko line here. Um, they're very reasonably priced. Um, I think they're 14900 on DK. So cheap. Um, they're just going to get a ton of ownership, I have to imagine. Like, you, we just talked about Kyle Connor being what was it like anywhere from like 40 to 60 percent in GPPs a couple days ago against this very same Anaheim team. I got to think that St. Louis Buchnevich line is going to have a ton of ownership here tonight. You'll be able I, to fit them in with Boston one, that's going to be an issue, yeah. yeah. Um, so like I do like Buchnevich Thomas Tarasenko, don't get me wrong, they're a good line, good offensive numbers on the power play together, project well. I just worry they might actually be the highest on line on the slate here tonight. So, um, you know, I don't mind a Brandon Saad, Ron O'Reilly, too, man, uh, to be honest. Um, they probably should come in with a little bit lower ownership. Um, Brandon Saad, I think, makes a fine one off. But it's honestly Anaheim one that I like here um, in this game, um, just as a, a much lower owned option to what should be some very high owned blues here. Yeah. And that top line has been great. Um I guess if you like Mason McTavish, 2,600 on the top power play, if you want like a super cheap one off, don't mind him on the blue line. Cam Fowler running the top power play unit, 3,500. He is in play for me on the blue side. We'll have to see if Pareko is back. If he isn't, I think, you know, guys like Mikola see, you know, big minutes here. Otherwise it's probably going to be, you know, Tory Krug at 4,400, which sounds awful, but he is correlated with the, Blues top line. Yeah, I would just say we also have to wait for news on Pareko. Um, yep. He's not like out, out. He's just day to day. So, like, maybe he could be back today. And if he is, then Mikola's ice time is going to get nuked. Falk's not going to play 27 minutes, et cetera, et cetera. I, I hate that I like Cam Fowler here. Like, it's just been, it's just been, it's just felt awful playing him. Um, but yeah, he's definitely an option here uh, tonight. I, I, until like I can't say I'm going to play any Blues guys until we see uh, Pareko's status. That's I think that's really important here as far as ice time goes. Yeah, I agree. Tampa Bay, three point one total heading into Nashville. The Predators have a two point nine total. You so persinin, unstoppable here. Um, I just you know not a huge fan of that top line. Like they're probably outperforming 
what they are actually doing. This is a tough matchup for them. Granted, Tampa Bay penalty kill, not great. But neither is the Predators, and I prefer the Tampa side here. I don't know if I'm going to get to them in one to three, but I, I think, you know, Tampa 20 max, 150 max definitely should be in your portfolio here. So here's my problem with playing really basically any Nashville guys here today is uh, Parson had made his debut a week ago uh, last Saturday. Um, so there's been three games with Nashville with him in the lineup. The only player in on Nashville skating more than the only forward, sorry, skating more than 1630 over those three games was Michael Grandland. Every other Nashville forward was under 1630. That's including Forsberg, including Duchesne, including Niederreiter. Like I think in their last game, like virtually everybody was like 14 or 15 minutes. Um, I know there are some holes that maybe you can pick apart on Tampa Bay, particularly uh, their penalty kill, but it's not as if Nashville's power play has been great. You know what I mean? Um, I know the prices are reasonable on the Nashville guys, and that's definitely factored in um, with ice time factored in. But I like I don't want to stack a team going up against Tampa Bay with a 2.9 total at home um, if they're going to play like 14 or 15 minutes. Like I'm, I'm, it's just something that I'm not going to do. Um, honestly, I'd, I'd just rather uh, go find a line that's going to get some meaningful minutes. Like these guys aren't Dallas one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, these guys uh, aren't capable. Well, they are capable of having good games. We've seen that, but they are probably won't get there against this team with that ice time. So I'm just not playing anything from the Nashville side, to be honest. I think Niederreiter, I think he's fine as a one-off. I think Duchesne's prices come down enough where he's fine as a one-off. Like, I think there are one-offs you can go for here. Uh, there isn't a full stack that would go. Um, for me, it'd be uh, more about the Tampa Bay side, probably just going right back to Hagel, Point, and Kucherov. Um, I know they may have let a few people down uh, in their last game, Um but you're going to be going against that top line with Parson in there. Um, that uh, Tampa Bay line has still been really, really good so far this season. 3.7 expected goals for uh, three actual goals per 60 minutes. Uh, Kucherov has been shooting a ton lately, and they're, they've been getting more ice time as well. So uh, of everything in this game, if I'm stacking anything, it's Tampa line. Yep, I agree there. On the blue line, really isn't much there. Sergachev, Yossi, maybe some at home. Yeah, Eric Chernak's back, so I'm wondering. That's probably going to nuke Ian Cole's ice time. Uh, it might even bring down, like, uh, Sergeyev and Hedman as they run basically four defensemen. So um, I guess Sergeyev is fine for your power play one stacks, but uh, there's not a lot on that side. Uh, yeah, at home at 3,100 on Nashville. Yossi always in play, obviously. Um, perfectly fine if you want to pay up for him. Um, at home the guy that I like for cheap. New York Islanders, 2.7 total. Heading into Dallas, the Stars have a 3.2 total. This game just screams at MME. Dallas won fine in the nutshell. Don't really like stacking against Sorokin. Islanders lines don't really like him. Don't want to full stack anything, but I think, you know, Nelson Lee is fine or Barzell is fine, but Dallas won in MME. Take some pieces of the Islanders. Yeah, um, I am not a uh, big fan of uh, the uh, Dallas here tonight, specifically just because of Sorokin. Um, if we, for some reason, Varlamov starts, that would probably change things. But it's only 18-2, I think, for that Dallas top line, which is, you know, pretty reasonable. Um, 
they're go they'll be going up against Wallstrom and Barzal, and um, they've been underwater uh, by expected goal share so far this year. I think it's a pretty good matchup for the Dallas top line, but um, the Islanders don't really take that many penalties, and that's where Dallas really makes their uh, makes their money is on the on the on the power play. So um, I think for me in this game, I would probably be looking a, a little bit deeper in the lineup. Um, one off Jamie Ben, uh, one off Mason Marchment, um, those types of things. Dennis Gurianoff probably back tonight on the second line. He's coming in at 2,500. Um, you know, maybe they just bench him, but um, 2,500, I, I think he's fine as a min punt. Uh, nothing for me from the Islanders side. Uh, going into Dallas, I mean, if you want to go with like a Lee Nelson two man, I think that's fine just because Dallas does take so many penalties. Um, maybe the Islanders top power play can get there. If anything, for me, it'd be, it'd be Lee and Nelson going up against the Dallas second line, maybe getting a lot of power play minutes, um, but really just not a ton that I'm, I, I'd love to stack out of this one. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of this game either. On the blue line, no Dobson 6,400. It's fine. I think Esselindel at 2,900 is probably my favorite play in this game. Adam Pellick also at 3,900. Yeah, Nils Longfist scored in the last game. Uh, he's actually been shooting a fair bit lately, like getting fairly involved in the offense. Don't mind him at a sub-3K price either. But honestly, I, I think Noah Dobson has a, has a good shot for a big peripheral game here, uh, especially if they get a lot of power plays. So I don't mind Dobson uh, as an expensive option. I agree. Carolina Hurricanes, 3.2 total heading into Minnesota. The Wild have a 2.9 total uh, the Leafs, or the Leafs, uh, <laughs> the Wild just nuking their lines all over the place here. Cappers off Sam Steele and Matt Zuccarello, Greenway, Gaudreau, Boldy, Felino, Eriksnek, Duhame. That Joel Eriksnek line is going to go out against the Ajo line. I think I like Carolina too, especially now that Jarvis replaced um, the nose. On the top power play, I think Svechnikov, Jarvis is where I'm looking at this game. I don't know what to do with the Wild because these lines are just awful. Yeah, I I mean, here, the the thing is, is like Minnesota's been playing really well defensively. We talked about that um, in their last game. Um, then they go out and they give up six goals to Pittsburgh. So, I mean, I guess anything can happen. Um, obviously, Flurry out, I think, hurts uh, the Minnesota team side a little bit. He's been playing pretty well after a bad first couple starts. Um, I I agree with you. It's Svechnikov and Jarvis for me, but I just don't really like the way any of these lines look. I don't like Stefan Nason on the top line. Like, come on. Like, Kaki Nami still, he's just not doing anything. Um, he's being carried by his wingers constantly. Um I guess it would be Jarvis Svechnikov too, man. I agree with you uh, on the Carolina side that I would like the best, but really there's just not a lot for me that I like in that game. And putting Sam Steele with Zuccarello and Kaprizov, like I, he's no. So I don't like anything here. Uh, like, honestly, I, I just don't. These lines are absolutely garbage. I think this is a game where I would be looking for one-offs, like a pretty cheap set Jarvis one-off, I think makes sense. Um, I think, uh, you know, Matt Boldy got booted off the power play. So I don't even think he makes sense uh, as a one-off anymore. So it's basically like Sveshnikov or Jarvis, or, you know, if you want to pay up for Capra's off, I think that's fine, but it's just one-offs for me and then move on. Yeah, I agree. Uh, on the blue line, 
Brent Burns, like Minnesota's penalty kill, not great. So I think Brett Burns is in play. Uh, Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, fine on the punt side. Brodine, Dumba, Spurgeon are the guys for me. Yeah, um, Brodine with his ice time and his, his projections is probably the guy. Um, also mention um, Jacob Middleton. He's a guy that can put up a lot of shot blocks. He's I think he's on the top pair um, as well. Not going to play like 23 minutes, but he could get 18, 19 in a shot block bonus for you on DK. Don't forget to take advantage of the risk-free bet MGM offer. Free bet up to a thousand and two months of stochastic platinum free. Just click the link in the description. If you're having issues, just DM me on Discord or Twitter. I'll help you out. It's fun. Let's move on to the next one. This is a fun one. Vegas Golden Knights, 3.3 total heading into Edmonton. The Oilers have a 3.2. T's Yanmark on the top line with Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman. Second line in New Hopkins, Dry Warren Fogle. Blues legend Clem Clauston on the third line. Just had to mention that. Uh, Jack Eichel, very expensive here tonight. Very good spot. I don't know if it's a very good spot. I like Stuart Skinner here. Um, at least I like Stuart Skinner more than I like um, Soup. Vegas top line in play for me. I think the Vegas second line is a bit expensive for my taste, but I think they're in play as well. Oilers power play stack is where I'm looking. I, I, one thing I'm not doing is playing the second line. I can tell you that much. Leon Dreisaitl and Warren Fogle, they actually have a decent sample of minutes going back. 170 minutes together, under three expected goals per 60 minutes, 2.3 actual goals for um, just a hard pass on Warren Fogle and Leon Dreisaitl for me. Um, if anything, it'd be the Edmonton top line. I, I, I'm glad they moved Zach Hyman back there. Um, McDavid and Hyman had their best time had their best production this year when they've been skating with each other. Um, 3.8 expected goals per 60 minutes, 5.9 actual goals per 60 minutes, not shooting a crazy amount, 13.7%, maybe a little bit high, but you know, even if that's 12%, they're still scoring like four and a half goals per 60 minutes or whatever. So I like, we'll see what ownership looks like. Cause I think ownership might be kind of low on Edmonton here on a, such a huge slate with so many top stars. Like and especially where, you know, Zach Hyman's priced down a little bit, 6900 still expensive. If anything on the Edmonton side, it would be uh, McDavid and Hyman um, as a two-man uh, going up against Vegas. But honestly, I don't think this is a good game for Edmonton. This might be a game where I, I even if McDavid's only 7 or 8% projected ownership, I might still let it go because Vegas' top line has been so good this year. Only 1.4 expected goals against per 60 minutes, one5 Actual goals against. It is a pretty good power play spot, like you said, for um, that Vegas top line. Um, They're all correlated together on the power play unit. Edmonton is the most penalized team in the NHL with a bad penalty kill. So of everything I like, of everything in this game, it's Vegas one that I like the most. If you want to take off Chandler Stevenson, because the guy just never shoots, you're relying on three assists from him like Alex Wenberg. I think you can take him off and put Jonathan Marshall on instead. I concur with your analysis there. So let's move to the blue line. Alex Petrangelo, 7,400 is a steep price to pay. I think I'd rather just find, you know, I'd rather save 300 and play someone like John Carlson tonight. But if you want to add him in for correlation, I think that's fine. Other than that, like Evan Bouchard, Darnell Nurse are the guys for me. Yeah, Bouchard is a guy that's interesting to me because he's had the most inconsistent minutes uh, of almost any guy in the NHL. There's some some nights he's playing 15 or 16, some nights he's playing 22 or 23. 
at least he's priced down to 4,300. He's not like 5,200 or whatever he was on DK earlier this season. So I think Evan Bouchard uh, is the defenseman I like the most uh, in this game. Made probably nothing for me from the Vegas side. I think they're all too expensive for what they're doing. Yep. Los Angeles Kings, 2.9 total, back-to-back on the road for them, heading into Seattle. Kraken heavy, 3.1. It's going to be probably Calvin Peterson tonight. Quick went last night. LA2 is getting pretty expensive for them. Top line, still forward correlated. I I just know I'm going to pick the wrong Seattle line. It's just what we do. But I'm going to go back to the McCann, Beniers, Eberle line. I just want to get some power play guys in here because the Kings penalty kill, not good. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I don't mind um, the Kings top line here. Kempe, Kopitar, Velarde for the simple reason that we, like we always talk about Wenberg and Burakovsky is a line um, in a shut that, that they use in a shutdown role, but they do trade chances back and forth. Uh, it's just their goaltending, believe it or not, has been saving them. So I think, I don't know if I get there in single entry with the Kings top line, but you know, 20 max, 50 lineups, 150, whatever. I think you have to consider them. Uh, Kempe, Kopitar, and Velarde still playing pretty well. Um, still all on the power play uh, together, getting a good in-game matchup. But I, I, I agree with you. I think this is more about the Seattle side. McCann, Beniers, uh, Everly, I think it's just fine, but it's Tanev, Gord, and Bjorkstrand that I'm kind of interested in here. Tanev, um, has been playing pretty well uh, with Gord so far this season. Uh, 2.6 expected goals per 60 minutes, 3.2 actual goals. Bjorkstrand not getting a ton of minutes, but they are pretty cheap. And they'll get a third line from the Kings that has been pretty bad defensively uh, in their time together so far this year. So um, honestly, it feels weird to say, but I think the line with Brandon Tan is the line that I like most uh, in this game. I'm glad you mentioned them because I'm a big Yanni Gord guy, and uh, I do like Bjorkstrand. I think they can get there against the Kings' third line. On the blue lines here, not too much for me on the Kings' side. Uh, Vinny Dunn, Carson Soucy for me on Seattle. Yeah, Carson Soucy, he's the one guy that really stuck out to me here. I don't think we really have to mention anybody else. Yep, let's uh, move on to the last game of the night real quickly. New York Rangers, 3.3 total. Heading into San Jose, the Sharks have a 2.7. Uh, I think Rangers two is probably where I'd be looking at kids line is fine. They just have been pretty low event, but they are going to get the depth of San Jose. So kids line Rangers two. I, I think I'm under here on the sharks. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the kid line here. Um, they're going to, you know, obviously get quite a bit um, of that third line uh, from San Jose. That third line from San Jose has been the one weak link. Um, since they rejigged their lines, um, pretty bad defensively. Um, Lafreniere, Hedl, and Kako, yeah, they've been low event, but they've actually been finding ways to score, which, you know, it won't last. Um, but as long as they keep playing pretty well together, I think that Rangers third line is one of those lines you can mix in with like Boston one or something like that. Um, very cheap, reasonable minutes, um, getting a pretty good matchup against a bad San Jose third line. Uh I don't mind San Jose going back to San Jose one here. Um, It's just uh, the Rangers don't take a ton of penalties. So I don't know how much the power play correlation really matters. Uh, Kevin LeBanc projecting well, shooting decently. So um, I think it's San Jose one that I don't mind of all the top lines, but it's really Rangers three that I think is in the best spot in this game. I agree. 
Uh, I just hope they start getting going a little bit. In net, real quickly, I like uh, Sorokin. I like Carter Hart. I like Connor Hellebuck. I think, you know, Vasilevsky's fine at 7,900. UC Saros has some shot volume concerns, but anyone else you want to add there? Uh, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Saros. I guess we could always go back uh, to that. Well, I mean, there aren't really a ton of cheap guys that I like here tonight. I think Phil Gustafson, maybe against Carolina, at home against Carolina, would make um, a little bit of sense. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, I think, is probably the guy for me. 7,600 at home uh, against Pittsburgh. Hopefully, he sees a lot of uh, shot volume. So, I think I like Hellebuck the best. Yeah, and I forgot to mention, I do like Stu Skinner at 7,800. He should see some fair volume tonight. Who are you uh, liking for your hat trick pick here? Can't believe I'm saying it, but I'm going with a Columbus Blue Jacket. Uh, Johnny Goodrow is my hat trick pick for tonight. Ooh, wow. I know. Spicy meatball. Uh, I will go spicy as well. I'm going to go uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand. Wow. <laughs> out of left field. That guy's shooting 1.8%. You got to think that the regression is going to all come back pretty quickly. I hope you're right here tonight. Yeah, I hope I'm right too. And coming up right after us in two minutes at the top of the hour, NBA strategy show with Emac and ship my money. Ship my money in case for those people who, you know, pronunciation. But anyway, we'll be back. Uh, next week we'll be in discord we'll be on twitter so uh thank you for tuning in and we'll see you tomorrow or next week (laughs) next week sometime good luck everyone judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.